I don't know what is happening to me. All I know is that it is happening. Tonight on The CW. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? It's the incredible new series from Ava DuVernay. You have power I have never felt before. This is real, whether you believe it or not. I just want to be normal. You're not normal. You, Naomi McDuffie, are exceptional. Naomi, the can't-miss series premiere tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington CW. Hello and welcome to another episode of Back to the Bird, presented by the Podhub Network. My guest today is from the neighborhood of Hazelwood in Pittsburgh, and when he's not preaching the word of the Lord to the young adults of Pittsburgh, he's one half of the 412 Sports Talk podcast. Please welcome every Eddie Provident. I almost messed up your first name. Sorry about That's that. Right, I usually man. mess That's... up the last names of people. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good, buddy. It's good to be here, Cody. Yeah, man. Hey, I'm glad we got you on. Uh, you, what you and Chad have been doing is like phenomenal. I mean, you guys have just, it seems like you skyrocketed through the ranks of Pittsburgh it, podcasts. So this is actually the second podcast that I tried to, uh, I, I, I hosted. Um, the first one was actually, uh, I had a friend from Duquesne. Uh, his name's Matt Casnell. He's from Philadelphia. Okay. Um, we had the uh, the Keystone Coast to Coast podcast, and I don't think that anybody other than like his family and my family listened to it. Um, <laughs> we actually had Chad on on like one of our last episodes, and that was the last time the Penguins and Flyers played in the playoffs. Yeah, and um, so after that, like when when that quit uh, or when like we ended that, um, Chad asked me if I had any interest in getting back into it because he wanted to get back into it. And for those of you that aren't familiar with Chad, um, he was, I can't, I think it was Penn's initiative or Penn's blog. One of them, he actually, it was credential media with them and um, had all kinds of, you know, connections in the, in the business already. And so I kind of, I don't want to say I wrote off his coattails, but like he had already laid the groundwork, you know, six or seven years ago. And we just kind of like, picked up where he left off back then and so it took a little bit of time but like I mean like the first three or four episodes I think it was Chris Carter Jesse Marshall Bob Pompiani Mayor Peduto were our first four interviews and it was like how how in the like I'm sitting in my dining room interviewing Mayor Peduto trying to figure out the phone setup that I can record (laughs) an interview with the mayor of Pittsburgh how, how am I here right now so you know Chad really did a lot of it kind of how it works is I, I do a lot of the like editing and I do most of the editing and most of the uh, you know um, uploading and all that kind of stuff. And I kind of just, I, I always joke on the show. I just wind chat up and let him do his thing. Uh, yeah, um, I, I think, like I think Chad's happens. kind of the, yeah, I think Chad's kind of the one that uh, he's the straw that stirs the drink. So I just, I sit in the driver's seat and make sure the plane doesn't crash. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys really do seem like you're just, it's just a perfect storm. You know, you guys just, yeah if it like you guys just came together and bang there it is like you guys yeah. have, like you said, which, you had which is guests. funny which is funny because i i've never i've never fought a hockey teammate chad and i met over uh over playing deck hockey except for i almost fought chad uh <laughs> up at penn up at penn hills deck hockey we were playing we our goalie didn't show up and i i had goalie equipment in my in my trunk uh, but I never really played goalie other than like some street hockey. So I said, I'll, I'll hop in. I'm not promising that I let up like 11 goals. I mean, it was, it yeah. was worse than Tristan Jari. We'll put it that way. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, Chad and I had words after the game, but I mean, you know, 
So I, I, I'm kind of, I'm not shocked that the chemistry's there. I think it was just, you know, out of all of the guys that I hung out with back then, I, I never, I wouldn't have anticipated it being Chad, but I'm glad it is because, you know, it's working out. And I have a lot of fun with him and he, you know, he's a good dude. He's grown up a lot and I'm sure I, I hope I've grown up a lot, but yeah, Absolutely. it's a lot of fun. Hey, that's what we're going to get into. So we're going to backtrack right. a little bit. We'll get back to all that, of course, but let's talk about growing up in Hazelwood. You were telling me before, you know, oh, man. Family is a big, a great story that you want to write a book about, but just give us Dude. a little bit of what that, that was like. So not, so obviously I'm a pastor. I grew up in the church. Uh, neither of my parents grew up in the church. Actually, my, my mom's family owned, still owns a bar in Hazelwood uh, called the Lytle Cafe. And so, you know, she grew up on, in a bar. And so uh, when back in the seventies and eighties, when things were booming, you know, we had the steel mill in Hazelwood. We had the uh, the railroad going in Hazelwood. So there was they were making money hand over fist. Um, my my grandpa was, you know, they were taking trips to Aruba, taking trips to Vegas, you know, hanging out with all the, you know, all the people down there. Uh, my dad's family was a railroad family, uh, and they were kind of like, you know, the the blue collar, work hard kind of thing. I actually I had a uh, a teacher in high school whose uh, whose dad was from Hazelwood, and um, so he worked in the railroad yard. And he didn't actually know my family, you know, directly. But I remember her saying, "Yeah, I talked to my dad about uh, about you know the Provident family," and she was like, "All he said was I just knew not to mess with them." <laughs> and they were they were an old you know that old school Italian family that stuck together. I had uncles that ran numbers for the mafia. Um, I've got you know. I, I was strictly forbidden about one or two of my great uncles and cousins that I talking about anything that I heard. So, you know, they're, they're long gone now, but yeah, I mean, it was that perfect mix of like the hood and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then, like I said, my parents got into the, into the church probably in their mid to late twenties. So they brought my sister, my brother and I all up in the church. So we had one half of our childhood in a church you know, and then the other half of the childhood was in a bar, in a bar. on the street. Yeah, on the streets and, you know, one of the rougher neighborhoods in, in the city. So, and you know what? I feel like that's how it should be, you know? <laughs> I, I would, dude, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And like, I, we're, you know, I'm, I live in Monroeville now. Uh, my wife's family's from Monroeville and we, we moved into her grandmother's old house and it's peaceful. Like, obviously, I'm outside right now because it's quieter outside than it is in my house with my dog <laughs> and my cat running around. Yeah. Um, and with my basement kind of, you know, I'm trying to redo some things down there. Uh, so my normal setup isn't available right now. Um, but I, I mean, I miss being down there. Like I still go down, you know, I try to get down there, you know, a couple of times a week, you know, we, we just played poker Saturday night, a handful of us, we closed the, closed my grandma's bar down. And, uh, when she closed and, you know, played a couple of hands of Texas Hold'em together. So it's all cousins and friends. Yeah. Um, but it's a good time, man. Like I, I, I miss, you know, growing up running around with all the kids on the uh you know from the neighborhood um unfortunately i know a lot of dudes that are no longer here because of you know drugs and gang stuff but um yeah i mean i i had a blast growing up and you know my family was always into something we always had something going on you know and tons of characters i don't you know it's one of those neighborhoods nobody knows no one knows your first name they only know your nickname unless <laughs> you're like me who my dad was one of the ones giving out the nickname. So I didn't have one because he didn't have one, but yeah, <laughs> yeah we've got face bananas, oi choi, 
you know, all, all the guys out there from Hazelwood. So, um, my, uh, my, my uncle was one of my favorites. My uncle was wacko. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So you were telling me beforehand that you're a bit of a scrapper when you were young, you, you like to get into fights. What was that all about? So, all right. So as far as, cause my friends from Hazel are going to see this and they're going to call BS because as far as the Hazelwood goes, I was probably one of the least toughest guys in, in my friend circle. I, I generally avoided any kind of fights or anything like that while I was in Hazelwood. Um, but I got into a lot of fights in middle school because I went to uh, a school in Point Breeze and I was kind of the kid from the wrong side of town. Mm. He got picked on a lot. And so my dad was one of the tough guys in the neighborhood when he grew up and I, he ex explicitly told my mom that his, his son wasn't going to be a, a, a wuss. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he's since apologized about that kind of parenting. Um, and I think he understands, you know, that comes with its negatives, but if I got picked on, man, like, and I came home and talked about it, it was like, Mario, well, what are you doing about it? Like either quit hanging out with them or do something about it. So, I mean, I remember there was one time I, I was back when I was smart in middle school, I went to the gifted center, you know, like one day a week. And uh, this kid from the gifted center kept messing with every week we'd be there. He'd mess with me and mess with me and mess with me. And so him and his buddies would hang out on this one side of the recess park, like the recess area where like none of the teachers were. Yeah. And so, um, I was over by that side one time and he started, he's, you know, he's going and going and going. And I just walked up to him and sucker punched him and then walked away. Like that was it. I was over and done with none of the teachers saw it. Never messed with me ever since. But my, uh, my parents made the executive decision that because of how bad the high schools that I would have gone to were, uh, it would have either been Brashear or Alderdice. And at the time you had all of the, stuff going down between Homewood and the in Hazelwood and the hill in Hazelwood and I'm not talking just fighting and stuff like that like dudes that I grew up with were you know getting shot once a month and so between the fighting and like the just the the stupid stuff because I was trying to defend myself a lot of the times and then all of the other stuff with the gang violence that was going on in the neighborhood my parents just didn't want me want my, myself my sister or my brother in that and so you know, they, they, they enrolled us in the city charter high school that it was in downtown Pittsburgh. Um, and at the time I hated it. Like I wanted to be with my friends. I wanted to go to Alderdice and I probably would have been, uh, I think Chris Carter graduated 07. So Chris Carter and I would have been classmates if I would have gone to uh, Alderdice. Yeah. Um, but I think looking back on it, it was probably a good decision for me because I wasn't a tough kid and I could be a tough kid in a, you know, a, classical academy in middle school but going into a city school where you know i probably would have gotten torn to shreds and so i, I think yeah. my parents knew that and and they they made a, a wise decision so yeah so i mean obviously you, you go to the charter school you know and you don't want to be there but like what what do you think you learned going there versus if you would have gone the public school route like obviously you have like oh less fighting less this less that less drama basically so but so that's no go ahead i was just say but like what else outside of like the physical did you learn from that experience well so by about 10th grade that's so th this this charter school was very um technology oriented mm -hmm. uh they gave every student a laptop 
to bring home and it, it was your laptop like that you know so i uh i got into technology and my dad like when he left the railroad yard he got into it as well like he he took a couple of certification classes and uh got a job with upmc with children's as a uh, as a help desk guy um that eventually turned into like a manager's position for him um but i got into it pretty quick because it was just because what my dad did and you know I, my dad's my best friend like him and I are about as tight as, as tight as a father and son can get. And so um, I got into that just because it was something that we would do together. Uh, but then City High offered electives for students. And one of them was uh, a digital music elective. And I played guitar in high school. And when I got into that digital music elective, it opened up a whole new world to, to me because I'd never messed with anything like that. You know, like we were, we were making, I mean, uh, in 11th grade, I was learning how to make beats on, you know, on Reason and like all these different audio programs. And then that spiraled into Photoshop and, you know, a little bit of Premiere back then and like learning how to do audio video stuff. And that ended up being my degree at Duquesne was in digital media, multimedia development. And it was because I, I found this whole new world of like, oh, I could use all this computer knowledge I have and then mix it with my music and, and all, all this other stuff. And it just kind of like, it just, it took over, you know, like it was, that's all I wanted to do. And, um, and I, if I wouldn't have gone to city high, I don't think I'd have found that. So, like I said, I I'm glad that it happened. Um, and you know, I, I always joke that I'm like peaked in high school, Roblo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I had so much fun my last two years of city high that like, you know, I, I wouldn't have changed it for anything. Like I, I, I love that school. I love the teachers I had um, and what it did for me, for my confidence and seeing like what I can do with the multimedia stuff. Um, you know, it was great. Yeah. So you mentioned you went to Duquesne. Did you have any big projects that you did there? Obviously you were trying to do something with music. Uh, dude, Duquesne was a, a monumental mess. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'm going to move into some light here because it's right, starting no to get dark, but, um, yeah, Duquesne was a mess, man. Um, I, I had all these great intentions of, you know, graduating and getting into some kind of multimedia, you know, business or something like that. I wanted to get into, you know, uh, video production or audio production. So for starters, I, I originally went in thinking that I was going to be an audio, uh, like an, audio engineering student yeah the recording arts program at duquesne requires you to be either jazz or classically trained in whatever instrument that you play before you even get uh, in there yeah That's you crazy. there's there was a whole uh um interview process a um i had to do like a i had to sit in front of you remember uh handyman joe negri from um mr rogers oh yes handyman yes, yes, yes. negri Yes. <laughs> so he he actually he taught uh, jazz guitar at Duquesne and I had to do an audition and I happened to do this audition in front of handyman Negri. And so like Joe Negri is like a, a Pittsburgh legend and I'm sitting there completely self-taught. Like God bless my music teacher in high school, Mr. Sable. He did <laughs> everything that he could to try to like cram in like years of knowledge into like a little two or three months time frame um but it was not you know so i go into this not realizing that i have to be jazz or classically trained 
I'm like, it just says two pieces, like a finger picked uh, piece and, you know, whatever, a, a piece of your, your choosing. And so um, I didn't know that the audition was like a business casual setup. So like I'm, I literally, I showed up in a, in a Hurley hoodie, a beanie and some etnies oh, and some ripped jeans. Yeah. Great. Like I, right. <laughs> so I walk in, I sit down and I'm sitting face to face with uh, Joe Negri and he's like, all right, what are you going to play? And uh, I was like, I'm going to play, uh, I'm going to play some Jimi Hendrix for you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, dude, I, that's like, great i have watched joe negri on mr rogers neighborhood my entire childhood and this man this poor man is like trying his best not to laugh at me and he's like yeah he's like he's like you definitely know how to play guitar i just don't know that you are jazz or classically trained and i just at that point was like i'm not man like i i'm yeah. in way over my like, you know seven i'm, I'm in way over my head now so I obviously didn't get into the music school at Duquesne. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I went the digital media route. And um, the first year and a half was great. Um, I, I was doing really well. I, you know, I took, I made the mistake of taking all of my um, digital media classes up front rather than mm -hmm. backloading them. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I was doing great for those. Um, the second, was it my second or third year of Duquesne? I think it was my junior year at Duquesne. Uh, my best friend, a uh, dude by the name of Jeff Woodrick, uh, another Hazelwood kid who also went to Duquesne. Um, he died in his sleep of an asthma attack. And that was like, I mean, him and I were running around together since we were like 11 years old. And so that, that was a pretty big blow. About a year after he died, my grandpa passed away, who was, I mean, I was just as tight with my grandpa as I was with my dad, uh, the one that owned the bar. Mm -hmm. um, he passed away about a year after Jeff did. And then like right in that same time frame, I broke up with my girlfriend of like four or five years. And so I really fell out, like I just fell apart. Uh, there's really no other way to put it. I, I was going out and partying every night and like literally every night because I had a really good job in college I worked in an after school program and got paid like 13 14 an hour which for a college student is like you know, I got 25 yeah 25 hours a week making that kind of money like I was the guy that had all the money that, you know um so I just I used it to go out and party and drink and it, it honestly it wasn't like I can say this now like with a lot of reflection you know 10 years 12 years of reflection it wasn't really the alcohol. I wasn't trying to like run away from feelings or anything. It was just, I lost three of the most important people in my life and didn't know how to handle that. And so I would go to the bar and be the life of the party. I'd be the guy that everyone laughed at. I'd be the, you know, the goofball. I'd be the one buying drinks for everyone. And, you know, every time I bought around for everybody else, I, I would drink one too. And so it just, it became a thing where like, I just quit going to class. Um, and it took me six years to get my degree. And, uh, you know, there's funny sides to that. Like there's a class that I had, it was professional development and project management. So this is like, you want to be a professional in life. This is the class that you yeah. like, it, it's, and it's required, right? I get into the class, the first day in class, I find out that there's a business casual dress, dress code. 
I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I was a sweatpants and hoodie guy. No, I'm not going back to this class. <laughs> I was, I was, Cody, I was too lazy to drop the class. I just quit going. Oh, I went wow. to the first class and never went to another class. So my last semester of college, I got, I need six credits. I need one elective in this class, mm-hmm. right? So I go in to my advisor's office with my tail between my legs and we'll look, this is what happened with this class, shooting you straight. Like I, I need to take this class over. Wouldn't let her schedule me for it. So I go to that professor and I'm like, look, Dr. Voda, I, I got to take your class over again. I just didn't show up ever <laughs> and it was a bad time in my life. And I, you know, I, I need to redo this class. And he was like swearing up and down that I don't need to retake the class. So I go back to my advisor. We're looking on my, uh, on my portfolio and, um, or my, my grade sheet or whatever. And, uh, he, she, she found it and she was like, Hey, is it JMA for whatever? And I said, yeah, why? And she said, you have an A in that class. And I, I just looked at her. and was like, what? She was like, yeah, it says here you have an A, but wow. all right, I'm not asking questions. Just if it's on there, yeah, if it's no, on if the it's transcript, there, great. There. Like, like, great. <laughs> I don't know. So I always wonder, like, is there some poor kid that like kind of looked like me or something that, did everything perfect in that class and like, and, and got a failing grade. <laughs> wow. So, but that was Duquesne. Like Duquesne was a complete mess. It was, you know, uh, it was a lot. Yeah. It was just, you know, I, I made a lot of bad life decisions while I was in college. My, uh, my one uncle always used to joke that uh, they thought that I was the janitor rather than a student because I was always there, but never in class. Yeah. So, <laughs> but Oh man, I'm just, I'm but thinking. I have the degree, man. I have the degree. I did graduate. I, you know, it took me six years, but I, I got it. So <laughs> it's, it's like, you're the opposite of goodwill hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I went, I went from fifth grade valedictorian to my, my bet. One of my best friends, uh, another dude on Twitter. He's on pirates Twitter a lot. His name's Mike Larco. Um, his wife, him, me, we all started Duquesne at the same time. That's where we met. Um, his wife is a physical therapist for UPMC. Um, they had a big party for her when she got her doctorate and I didn't go because I was embarrassed because we started Duquesne in 07 together and she got her doctorate the day I got my bachelor's undergrad. (laughs) (laughs) So like, yeah, guys, I'm going to skip this one out. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, That's crazy. But Hey, that happens. Like I've, I've friends that it it just it takes as long as you want it to take i mean obviously yeah it might not have been how long you wanted it to take but like <laughs> i learned towards the end of my college career because i almost had to come back for another semester i was like you know it sucks but you're gonna do it you know it is what it and is if man. anything it just pushes off the loan payments <laughs> oh it pushed them off it collected interest that made some more yeah, it yeah was, it um i'll be i'll be paying those ones off until joe biden comes through on his promises hey <laughs> there we go but uh yeah moving on uh i know you told me beforehand that time in college or somewhere in between there is where you met your co-hosts chad nolan yes yes so give me the rundown so, you guys all right technology. so yeah so chad chad and Chad and I had a mutual friend who uh, I think I think it was this guy John was the mutual friend. Um, 
John was good buddies with me and that dude, Jeff, who passed away. Uh, he's actually the one who introduced me to Jeff. Um, but so Chad's from Homestead, which is right across the river uh, from Hazelwood. And there was already like, there's, there's always been kind of like this rivalry between Homestead and Hazelwood. Um, but my buddy John had a bunch of guys that, you know, played hockey over in Homestead and then Munhall. And so um, we played at this. So I don't, if you're familiar with the Pittsburgh area, you were from Pittsburgh. You're, you said Beaver County, right? So yeah, Beaver County. This might be a little, um, you ever hear of the restaurant Big Jim's? I feel like I've heard it. Yeah. Okay, so it was on diners, drive-ins, and dives, and everything. It's kind oh, of like a little <laughs> little hole in a wall place, but it's in this yeah. like. So there's Hazelwood is like if you're, it's kind of hard, but if you're looking at that map, Hazelwood's here and Greenfield is over here, and then there's this little section. It's called the Run, and Big Jim's is it's Big Jim's down the Run. Right behind Big Jim's, there's this really nice hockey court. And it's covered by 376. 376 goes right over the hockey court. Okay. So rain, snow, whatever, we you always had a whenever. place to play hockey. Exactly. So we started inviting all these dudes from Homestead down to play with us in, uh, in you know, down to run. So Chad was one of those guys that was coming down from Homestead. And so the Hazelwood crew that played was like, my buddies and me and then like my dad and my uncle and like all the older guys, we used to play uh, old versus young games. Mm. The cutoff was always like, you know, 25 and under versus, you know, everybody else. And so we had all these old young games. And so these Munhall or these Homestead and Munhall guys started playing. And uh, Chad was a pretty good hockey player. Like, I, like he definitely was a pretty good, pretty good player for sure. But Chad, and I know this is going to come to a shock to everybody uh, come as a shock to everybody. Chad was an instigator. <laughs> <laughs> and so I told you about how my dad was the tough guy in the neighborhood. Now at this point in time, he's like, you know, in his, in his early fifties, he's a, an elder at a church, you know, like he, those days are supposed to be like gone past him. And like, we would play hockey with the homestead crew and my dad would be like, there's just one dude. I'm, I'm going to, I'm telling you, Ed, if you don't talk to him, I'm going to end up beating him up. We're going to end up fighting. <laughs> and here it was Chad. Yeah. <laughs> and so I remember like, you know, having conversations with Chad and laughing because I got the biggest kick out of him and like getting under my dad's skin so much. Yeah. That, like he would just look human. And that's how Chad and I met was through playing hockey like that. And then, you know, we got into some leagues together, like Penn Hills deck hockey. And yeah. um, I think we might've played at Brentwood a few times, uh, played in some tournaments over there, but yeah, we met through hockey and then um, you kind of lost contact with each other for a while. And he hit me up uh, a couple of years ago during a Penn's flyer series saying that he was trying to get back into podcasting and writing and everything. And at the time I had a podcast called Keystone Coast to Coast with a friend of mine from Duquesne, uh, Matt Casnell. And uh, we had him on as a guest and the chemistry was like, it, it was just immediate. Like I could tell like, wow, man, we, this is really cool. And so um, he hit me up a, a little while later and was like, hey, you know, I, I really am serious about getting back into this if you want. I actually, I wrote like a blog post for him on like, you know, his 412 sports blog. And uh, it just, we kept like spinning the wheels on it and spinning the wheels on it. And then finally with the pandemic, we were like, well, let's just do it. And so uh, he was able to book, I mean, I, our first four interviews were uh, Chris Carter from DK Pittsburgh Sports, Jesse Marshall from The Athletic. Um, Bob Pompiani and Bill Peduto. 
like okay we like I, you know i'm like calling and t- telling my family about this and they're like what do you mean you're interviewing bill peduto yeah i'm, I'm interviewing <laughs> uh, interviewing bill peduto about the pandemic and it's you know it's effect on sports like in my dining room you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on my makeshift setup and everything and so it just it, it took off man and i mean i it, as much i'd love to take credit for it but really like i chad's the guy who you know he gets most of the guests he's the one i think he's the entertaining one you know he's the one that like has all the hot takes and and he's not just hot takes though the, the dude is so knowledgeable about the game of hockey oh yeah he he can handle his own when it comes to football um he admittedly is just frustrated with the pirates but like who is he's not <laughs> but like i hate this but like you get these hot take guys who really don't know anything about sports and and chad is is the complete opposite of that like anything that he says like he could be abrasive he could be you know he could be frustrating to a lot of people but he has all of the research that he's done to back that up yeah and so i always joke that like i just wind him up and let him go because when he's got something man like i know that he's already done the research already he's already got all the homework taken care of he's already you know thought this through and all right cool man like i'll throw the question and then you just run with it and i'll i'll interject where need be but like it's such an easy show to to host when you have somebody like that like it's one thing to like always have to rein somebody in or like try to steer them back on on topic but when you got a dude that can just (laughs) (laughs) when you got a dude yeah when you have a dude that can just like go for hours about ice hockey you know about statistics and everything and you know i i really hope that that gets seen as we you know as we keep going forward that like he's a knowledgeable dude and I, I hope that he starts writing more um, because I think that like you know I, I think he's the type of guy that can really you know make a career out of this I don't know that I can I mean I, you know, I have fun with it but I don't know that that'll ever be my thing but I, I legitimately can see Chad turning this into a career and like doing this full-time writing full-time and that kind of thing like he just has a knack for it you know yeah absolutely I mean admittedly i've only listened to your guys' show for a little bit now and it's yeah. like listening to it i feel like i'm listening to like professionals on the radio <laughs> i appreciate that and it's because one the uh technical side like the editing and all that you guys do a great job with that second off the chemistry that we just talked about yeah it's there like it's apparent and it's like it's great mm-hmm. and the other is just like the way Chad goes in, because he, yeah, I don't want to say this because I, know, I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to, I'm going to beat around the bush. He has the attitude of a of someone who a lot of people <laughs> don't enjoy on the internet, but he right. uses it for the right reasons. You know, uh, no, he, that, but that's right. Like he has that. Um, I don't want to call it shock jock mentality, but he has yeah. that like. I don't he doesn't I, have I don't the care. mentality he doesn't have the yeah. shock jock mentality he has the shock jock just way of way or about aura. Things. yeah he, it's yeah. the aura <laughs> of a you know but I, I think now and I think that's where like the Hazelwood Homestead thing comes in because I mean my dad and I used to joke about this because we both worked for UPMC for a while and and you know my dad would always tell me like look man like don't be scared of these like corporate guys you know the worst they could do is fire you like they're not going to shoot you they're not going to punch you they're not going to like we've been through a lot worse than anything they could dish out with us. Mm-hmm. And I think with Chad and I, it's kind of, the, you know, we've never, him and I have never actually talked about it this way, but I think that it is that mentality to where, all right, it's the internet. 
what's the worst thing going to happen? Twitter's going to ban me for a week. Someone's going to say something mean. Like someone's going to block me. Like, I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. with that whole, um, with the whole uh, thing with um, Pittsburgh Clothing Company and uh, Penn's Chronicles or whatever, Penguins Chronicles. Yeah. Like I remember like calling him out and like, like just kind of being so angry with, with that whole thing because I've never met like like Tim and the guys Tim and Zach with Pittsburgh Clothing Company in person, but like they've been so good to us. They've helped us with the show. They're friendly. Like they're just genuinely Absolutely. good dudes, you know. And so, like for me, when you do something like that to someone I care about or that's somebody that I like, like it's I take that personal. And so that like calling that dude out, like getting like what's the worst that's gonna happen? You just say something mean to me on Twitter? Like I don't care and i think chad has that same mentality like he's seen everything he's going to see growing up in homestead and so for him to get on a podcast or him to be on on the you know on on the internet or writing blogs or whatever and for someone to say oh i didn't like that and you're you don't know what you're talking about like i I think that's the least of chad's worries you know what i mean like he he does (laughs) and so that gives him the ability to just say screw it i'm going to say what i think is right i'm going to say what i think is is truth and i'm just gonna run with it and whatever happens happens and you know we just yeah. go from there yeah i mean i wish we could have had him on tonight obviously he had other things that he had to figure out tonight. Yeah. but i just you you guys as a pair it's literally i feel like i'm back in pittsburgh listening to i hope this doesn't <laughs> hope this doesn't come as an offense but i feel like i'm back in pittsburgh listening to the fan but <laughs> But I'm listening to a show on the fan that I actually enjoy. <laughs> right. I, the, the way him and I try to approach it is like, if we were going to sit down over a couple beers at the bar, what would we talk about? How would it look like? And if, exactly. and, and it's the same way with our, our guests. Like there's certain guests where, yeah, it has to be an interview format because like we just interviewed Bob Grove. Um, I'm not going to shoot the shit with Bob Grove. You know what I mean? Like I'm, yeah. I'm not going to like, is like I respect and revere that guy. So like, yeah, it's going to be more of an interview, you know, like, let me throw questions at you kind of thing. But like when we have Jesse Marshall on, when we had Chris Carter on, when we like, even I mean, when it, you had DK like, on. Yeah. When DK comes on, like DK's great, man. Like I, yeah. I know he has a bad rap from some people, but DK is such a good dude. Like he's, he's really kind of like, he, he's kind of been a little bit of a mentor to me and Chad, you know, like just giving us, you know, we'll hit him up on in direct messages and like, you know, ask him for help and i can't say enough good things about dk um but yeah like it's just kind of like all right how would it be if we were just like sitting at the bar bsing about this and if it gets a little heated sometimes that's great and if it doesn't that's great too but like i don't want it to be this stale you know formal like what do you think about the penguins today and then hand it over to someone like you know i just want it to be like sitting in the living room with my dad bsing about sports you know like that's kind of how the vibe is and so if we can do that and we can get people to feel like they're a part of the conversation and and like they're back at home talking to their friends like that's what it's all about for me yeah i mean that's from my standpoint obviously i told you I, i don't live in pittsburgh anymore and like just listening to you guys and listening to like my big three podcasts right now this might be breaking news my big three pittsburgh podcasts right now are you guys helmet hair? Of course, Jordan's awesome. Jordan's Obviously, great. my guys at around the four one two. Like, dude, all right, around the four one two, man. Like, okay, so so Jordan and Zach, like, I this year has been a rough year. Uh, I, I'm gonna, I'll get like real serious here for a second. Like, 
you know, my wife and I moved and it, it wasn't under the greatest circumstances. So that was kind of a, a blow. Uh, the pandemic really just wreaked havoc with, you know, you know, she, she, she deals with some, you know, mental health issues and she's not shy about it. It's not something that's a secret or anything. And I really admire how she handles it. Um, but you know, that was a really big thing. Um, you know, we're, we're dealing with some, some health issues with, with different stuff. And, you know, we had a couple of deaths in the family <clears throat> and it, it just on top of the pandemic, it was, you know, I, I lost my job with UPMC because of how things ran with the pandemic and the campus ministry. It, it was no joke. I mean, it was one of the most difficult 12 months of my life. And, and that goes even with the Duquesne times. Um, I, I, there was times where I just, I, I really did want to throw in the towel and I get into this podcast with Chad and it was something to do to just like get my mind off of things, honestly, at first. Um, and then I started meeting like guys like you and Zach and, you know, Jordan and the girls with Yin's hers and like just this kind of this community that's out there, you know what I mean? And, and I'm not trying to like downplay any one person or, or like elevate one person over the other or anything mm -hmm. like that. But like Zach and Jordan especially have been so friendly with me and so helpful and so just like willing to be there. And I don't, I don't think Jordan would care if I, if I threw this out there, but like a couple of weeks ago, I, I just posted something that I just, I needed some prayer because there was a lot of things going on. And like within, I'm not joking, within minutes of me posting that on Twitter, I get a DM from Jordan saying, Hey Eddie, I'm praying for you. If you need anything, let me know. You know, like that's the kind of people we're talking about here. Like they're great at what they do. Like their podcasts are incredible. Their content is great and they're knowledgeable. They put the work in, they're funny, but they are just genuinely, genuinely good people too. And um, I, I'm, I'm really, if I don't get anything else out of 412 Sports Talk, other than just having this new crew of people to hang out with and, you know, and be friends with, like that's plenty for me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Zach's okay. Okay. Is yeah, he, he's not... okay. Smitty's all right. He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, Smitty and Beefy are my boys, man. We yeah, uh, they're they're good dudes. I, I went to high school with Beefy. Um okay. and then I met Zach like kind of how you met Chad. It was kind of in that period. Yeah. Like it was kind of high school into college, just from like hanging out with certain people. You you know, you meet different people at different bars while you're growing up or whatever. So yeah, it's just those guys. And then meeting Jordan, I didn't even know she like grew up in my backyard, you know? What's crazy, man, is uh, so Jordan threw out an invite for game one of the uh, Penn's Islander series. Yeah. <laughs> just to a bunch of us. And I was able to go. And so her and I were talking during that. And, you know, just, I saw some things she posted on Twitter. I saw like a video that she was in. I didn't know that she was a worship leader until I saw this video with a, a, a mutual friend of ours on Facebook. And I'm like, wait a second, <clears throat> that kind of looks like Jordan on piano and singing. Yeah. Like what's up with that? So I, I was like, wait, are you, you know, I didn't know you were a mu musician. She was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I lead worship for a church out. And I was like, that's cool. I've led worship for five years. at yeah. a church. <laughs> So, I mean, just to, they have those, yeah, like just having those things in common with people. Like, and it's cool to find those people too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like we've talked before, like this community is just great. Like everybody, everybody is there to help each other, you know? Yeah, that's, that's what it is, man. And that's, it's that's wild. the biggest thing that has come out of this whole thing is knowing that the world isn't against you. 
you know, that kind of deal. right, right. In a year, in a year where it felt like we had the world against us, right? We had people that were like, "Hey, we're gonna help you through. Get get done whatever you want to do." You know, we just got really deep. But <laughs> it's all right. Hey, look, man. Like you said at the beginning, I'm a pastor, so that's hey. the, my 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 job is to get deep with people. Exactly. So it's all good. <laughs> But yeah, like, you know, I feel like this pandemic, let's just, re- let's go over, let's review the pandemic. <laughs> let's, uh, oh. you know, let's, re- let's review good stuff. <laughs> I know you just, uh, right. but, like, I was able to re- rekindle my creative itch and yeah. you, you were able to do your thing. And there's yeah. been so many other people that I've noticed just through this pandemic, they're like, listen, I got to do something, you know? whether it's, you know, collecting sports cards, collecting sports memorabilia, I did everything under the sun. <laughs> Some people only chose one thing and that's, they're better off for it because yeah. I'm now in more debt. <laughs> but <laughs> well, yeah, man, it's crazy. Like we, so I took this campus ministry job March 1st of 2020. Mm. <laughs> uh, I, wow. I gave, I gave my boss at, at UPMC, I, I, I emailed him and I called him and I was like, look, man, I love, I, I don't, I didn't dislike my job with UPMC. Mm-hmm. There were some issues, but um, I was working two jobs. I was part-time as a worship leader and associate pastor and then full-time with UPMC. And it was just, dra- uh, you know, working 65, 70 hours a week is not fun. So I was looking for a way out and I actually, I gave my church in Hazelwood my resi- letter of resignation uh, September of 2019. So I told them, you know, January 5th, 2020 would be my last Sunday. January 2nd, I get a call from the, at the time, the guy that was the campus pastor for Pitt um, saying that he was taking another job with a, with a, with a camp up in uh, out past Connellsville. And I was the first person that he thought of to replace him. I talked to my wife about it and I thought she'd be the one to like talk me out of it. She was like, no, that's like perfect for you. You have to go, go for that. And so it was supposed to be a full-time job, which would let me, you know, quit UPMC and, you know, kind of pursue ministry full-time. The ministry is completely funded from different churches in the area. So uh, it was basically kind of up to me to keep up the funding or like go after more funding, that sort of thing. Um, so March 1st, I, I, I accept, like was my official first day. Like I accepted the job in, in February. First day is March 1st. Uh, my last day with UPMC was like supposed to be the end of April sometime. Pandemic hits. I start March 1st. I have one week with all of my students. They all go on spring break and just don't come back. Yeah. So I, I effectively don't have a job with the campus ministry. All of the churches are starting to freeze their budgets. So thankfully, I didn't lose any funding, but I didn't gain any funding either. And the guy that was doing it before me uh, wasn't taking a full-time salary. So there wasn't a full-time salary there. So I went, you know, I was able to like negotiate with my boss at UPMC to get me basically to keep me until they found my replacement. Yeah. So I, I bought myself like another month and a half there. What the Sorry pandemic if you're did, hearing sirens. Not, I literally um, live on the busiest street in Hackensack. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
we had to get creative with the campus ministry is basically, you know, what happened because we couldn't just tell all these churches that are funding this ministry during a pandemic, like, Hey, we're not doing anything. Yeah. So I actually kept the, the relationship with my old church up and we were able to do uh, live stream Sunday services and we provided them for the camp for the college students and the, the church congregation. Um, so we, but what happened was like, you know, the first week we do the live service, we just went to the church, tried to like actually do it live yeah. and it failed miserably. Like we had internet issues that was cutting in and out. It was terrible. And I watched my buddy, Tom, who's a pastor over in the South Hills. Um, we would affectionately refer to him as the poker pastor. Uh, <laughs> dude plays Texas Hold'em like it's his second job. And he, he you know, <laughs> pastor by day, poker player by night. Um, but I'm looking at his, his like his church's Sunday live stream and it's pristine, like crystal clear. Everything about it is perfect. I'm like, what did you do? (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so like him and I, he was like, Oh, what we, we pre-recorded it. And then we use a streaming service to do like a Facebook live. Like that's genius. Yeah. So like I completely overhauled my old computer to turn it into an editing computer. Like I, I just souped it up as much as I could to turn it into an editing, editing computer, bought a $150 Canon camera and then started doing all the live streams. And so, you know, I would run into a problem and it'd be like, oh man, I remember this from Duquesne. And then I'd ha- I like to have to fix it and try to find a way to do something differently or anything like that. And so the, the pandemic forced me on a professional level with the church stuff to get back into that creative mindset and to get back into the editing and get back into the video stuff and the audio stuff. And, you know, it it snowballed into me, you know, getting back into photography and buying, you know, a good camera and buying some microphones for the podcast and everything. And it just, so yeah, the pandemic sucked, but I think it's one of those things where it getting back into what I love to do and what I went to school for, wasn't an option it was a necessity yeah and so to what you were saying yeah like there's a lot of bad that came from this pandemic but there's a lot of good too for me because like I, i i fell back in love with audio video stuff i fell back in love with photography i fell back in love with you know like just so much stuff that like i i forgot about and i got back into it and didn't realize how much i missed it yeah. And that's, that's the thing is I feel as cheesy as it sounds, you know, it, it allowed everyone to kind of remember who they are. It slowed everything mm-hmm. down enough to remember, okay, what, what was your dream? You know, mm-hmm. like, what did you want to do? Putting it, yeah. Yeah. What did you want to do before everything got so fast paced and you couldn't even think straight? And that's <laughs> me spe- like, that's how I saw it specifically because as I told you, I, I got a job I couldn't refuse. I was like, this is too good to be true. I took it and I'm doing it for a year, year and a half, almost a year and a half. And I'm just like in it, in it, in it. And I'm like, once the pandemic starts, I'm like, this isn't exactly what I wanted to do. Like, it's a mm-hmm. great company. I work with great people. But is it fulfilling my creative outlet that I thought it would? Right. And it wasn't. So I now I do this part time. And like, I have so many ideas to do whatever. That's what having a job does. Is it doesn't let you do all that stuff. So it's like, as yeah, long as and I now can we've got all this free time. This, yeah. Yeah. So as, as long as I can at least do this, then I think I'm on the right path of uh, refinding who I was 
before everything yeah. got so fast. Sure. And that's the best. I mean, like, that's, that's the cool thing is when you're able, like you said, things slow down yeah. and you're finally able to like, think about it. Am, am I happy? Am I, you know, my quality of life is it, is it what it should be? You know, am I finding joy in what I do? Yeah. And on, honestly, these are questions that I ask the college students all the time. You know, like, why are you in the major? Like, it's funny, like people think campus ministry is bringing the word to the college kids, as you put it in, <laughs> yeah. in the intro. I'll, I'll be honest with you, dude. It's a lot of just sitting with them through hard times in life. Yeah. Like th the reason why I got into this campus ministry was because when I went through that time at Duquesne, uh, the campus pastor who I replaced, Greg, his name is Greg Voss, was the guy that was there for me. You know, like outside of my dad, you know, like, you know, my, my family, like he was the one that I went to with all those problems. And he's the one who, you know, cared about me and loved me enough to give me some hard truth and tell me when I was being an idiot and tell me when I was, you know, what I needed to hear. And so campus ministry, yeah, there's, there's definitely that, like that faith element to it, no doubt, you know, and, and we do have like church services and stuff like that for college students. But I would say 80% of my job is just sitting there with college students when they need to talk to somebody. I mean, I had, I had a kid, his brother was in my wedding. He's a pit student now, and he was in the campus ministry. And his, you know, his dad just passed away pancreatic cancer. And now his mom has COVID and he has COVID, you know? And so, like, I'm not, I'm not preaching to him. You know, I'm, I'm like, I'm texting him. I'm calling, you know, I'm checking up on him. I'm making sure he's doing okay, you know? You know, I'm, I'm showing up at a funeral and, and crying with them, you know, like that's, that to me is what, honestly, what ministry is. I mean, not to get all philosophical and scriptural on, on people, but like, if you really do ever dive into the, into the Bible, especially the first four books of the New Testament, the gospels, and you look at the life of Jesus, he wasn't somebody that was like stuffy, our, our pre-show uh, conversation about like that stuffy religious type of person that, that wasn't who Jesus was and honestly he never preached without meeting felt needs for people you know he he, he fed people before he, he talked to them and that is you know that's what campus ministry is for me you know that's it's just sitting down with the students and, and letting letting them know that they have somebody that they can call at two o'clock in the morning when they're drunk and they you know they they're scared to talk to their mom or their their home yeah. church or whoever that's that's what campus ministry is and you know i would rather be in that and and like dealing with with that kind of stuff but also reminding them like hey you're in this degree for a reason don't lose that you know like don't like think okay well it, it's not possible for me to to find a career in that if you would have asked a bunch of people 15 20 years ago if they thought they'd be youtubers and podcasters yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like it, it was it just it didn't exist nope. so keep that open mind and keep that you know keep driving towards what you want and find what makes you happy find what gives you joy and and i have that conversation with them all the time and it's just crazy that you know I, i'm 31 i don't know how you how old you are but like I'm sure you're not too much too far off from me i'm 24 <laughs> but even at 20 even at 24 you know yeah. 31 and 24 we're still having this conversation and relearning that you know re realizing that like hey man like we can do this you know we can there's other ways to do what we love i mean my, my dad went from the railroad to an it guy at 45 you know it's yeah. never too late to get into what you love so absolutely and i think that's a great spot to wrap this up but 
I do have to ask you about one more thing. We discussed this before. Okay. We're getting into a workout routine here. Oh boy. Yeah. And, uh, it looks like you're trying to make a comeback to the deck hockey scene. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? I, so <laughs> deck hockey and ice hockey. Um, okay. Yeah. We used to play a bunch of pickup at Shenley park ice rink. And uh, I I'm really trying to get back to a, a weight where I can start comfortably ice skating again without killing myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, as I said, with college, I put on a lot of weight drinking. So, uh, and then I just, you know, <laughs> I fluctuated, I fluctuated a lot, but then I just kind of, you know, you have a desk job now I'm working from home kind of stagnant, you know, the only thing I do is golf yeah. uh, right now. And my brother is a, so my brother has a master's degree. I think it's an exercise sciences and physical fitness or something like that. Um, but he's also a certified trainer. Mm -hmm. uh, part of his master's degree was he needed to be certified uh, from some organization. And so he has been on me for years. Um, I, I uh, for those of you that know Joe Frick, Joe Frick went to high school with us, uh, Frick Nasty on Twitter. Um, and I found some old pictures of Joe and my sister and Joe and my brother and, uh, you know, was like posting them. <laughs> um, and like my brother was, you know, the fat out of shape, nerdy, uh, gamer kid in high school. And then he went from that to being a, a model for Dick's sporting goods. <laughs> um, so he's been on years to get in shape and to start going to the gym with him. And, uh, I keep, dude, I have no desire. I don't want to, I, I enjoy wings and pizza and beer too much. Like yeah. that, you know, it's like <laughs> that kind of thing. And I finally just like recently, uh, like not that I have any health issues, but like, you know, try to walk up a par five, a hundred yards to the green. And I'm like sucking wind. Like I just ran a marathon. I'm 31. It shouldn't be that way. You know, yeah. I, I was, I coach high school football and, and, uh, you know, I was trying to out throw the, the, uh, quarterbacks and like damn near wrenched my shoulder out of its socket you know just like things that like I should still be able to do and I can't yeah and so and I know that like heart problems run in my dad's side of the family so you know I, I've been the heaviest I've been in my life and uh I just got tired of it and so I, I told my brother like hey listen after your wedding I'm gonna start going to the gym with you and like he got so excited <laughs> so he was like dude I'll, I'll put your you know i'll put your uh diet together and everything and we'll go and everything the only thing is like i, I gotta go before work and i go home and shower after the gym so like we've got to go like i go at like five in the morning so it's like all right well which turned into 4 45 because we had a third person that's joining us now and so um is it chad yeah so no no it's uh <laughs> so um it's a kind of a sort of family Hazelwood connection uh, in a roundabout way. Our cousin's husband, um, his nephew, I think it is, yeah. ended up being my brother's next door neighbor when my brother moved to Plum, okay. completely by chance. Like yeah. you know, they're they're, and uh, so our cousin's husband, who was in my brother's wedding, and I did my cousin and his wedding. I, I officiated their wedding. Um, he's like texting my brother. It was like, "Hey, do you meet your neighbor yet?" Hey, did you meet your neighbor yet? John, why are you so interested in my, in my neighbor? And then like, he saw the, the, the format said Cronin, like their last name on it. And so 
but it's he's the kid that's coming with us he's a younger dude but you know he's he's trying to get back in shape and he's not in bad shape he's just you know trying to put some muscle on and so yeah. my brother's the one he's been going to but uh i've tweeted a picture of it if you want to see it i'm sure you can just go through like my my pictures on yeah, Twitter I think and find I it. See it. yeah yeah it, but i like it's not just a diet like it's a it is a complete overhaul of my life um so like i wake up at like 3 45 in the morning i have breakfast at 4 20 um and like everything for my breakfast is laid out on this diet i just think like it's funny that down. you you <laughs> i get home from work at 4 25 in the morning yeah so it's like yeah, and i'm you're right. just getting up <laughs> dude it like it's it's broken down and, and listen this is a new term for me and there's probably some people watching this are laughing at me but like it's broken down by macros so it's yeah. the calories that i take in broken down to proteins fat and carbs like what i need every like during the day and like it's just you know 4 25 it's this six o'clock it's this nine nine or ten o'clock it's this 3 p.m it's this six o'clock it's dinner and that's it. That's, that's my routine now. And that's, that's it. So for two weeks, I've been doing that. I'm down about four and a half pounds. Uh, I'm sore as heck, but uh, you know, hopefully in a couple of weeks, I won't be sore anymore, but, um, but yeah, it's uh, when we're done here, I'm going to bed and I am uh, going to get ready for the gym. But you know, if the butt crack is on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I won't hold you too much longer. I just want to thank you for coming on. I'm glad we we got to know you and everybody gets to know at least one half so far. Yeah, I'm gonna talk. Yeah, we gonna, definitely definitely gotta get Chad on for sure. I'm gonna Chad talk to Chad as soon as I can and be like, "Yo, we gotta get you on. I need your side of some of these stories." So yeah, <laughs> uh, everybody, please go follow Eddie on Twitter. Uh, it's at Eddie underscore P underscore four one two. Also, go follow four one two Sports Talk and go subscribe to them. Uh, those links yep. will be in the description of the youtube video if you're listening to the podcast go to youtube go subscribe go like the video do do your thing you know just i'm telling you where to find things so you can't yell at me for it so there you go man once again eddie providence thank you for coming on back to the burg it's been a, it's been a pleasure uh thanks for having me on Eddie. i appreciate you man Now extended through January 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for zero enrollment and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, mister, I'm so stressed I grind my teeth more than most people grind coffee. Especially you. Give your anxiety-clenched jaw a rest. My molars will be so happy. Start feeling fantacular today. Join in-club or at planetfitness.com. Zero enrollment, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Deal ends January 14th, C-Club for details.